Hi everyone and welcome back. Today I'm happy to say we have a very special sponsored series on the social impactors called the Sandbox Social Impactors. I want to first thank our sponsor, the Sandbox Centre in Barrie, Ontario, Canada, and use this time to explain a little bit about who they are. The Sandbox Centre is a platform accelerating businesses of all sizes by creating connected and sharing communities. From startups, scale-ups, large enterprises, to idea generators, leaders, and change makers, the Sandbox is a collective of passionate people facilitating a seamless journey for all stages of business. And for our first episode, we have a very special guest, Stephanie Pennington of Tapestry Capital. Stephanie, thank you for taking time of your day today to be our first official guest. Thank you, Avery. I'm really excited to be here. Thank you so much to you for taking the time and also to the Sandbox for letting me be part of this and um, just excited to share a little bit about uh, what I've been working on. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm happy to have this time to pick your brain a little bit about social impact too. But uh, let's first start off with a simple question. It's a little bit about who you are, what you do, and why you believe you're a social impactor. Social impactor. Okay. <laughs> well, um, my name is Stephanie Pennington again. Um, my role currently is as the marketing and engagement manager for an organization called Tapestry Community Capital. Um, so I'll tell you a little bit about what we do. Um, most people haven't heard of us yet because we're a relatively new organization. So we were launched um, less than a year ago and we are a nonprofit group that helps other nonprofits, cooperatives and charities to raise community investment to make big, iconic and impactful projects come to life. So really we were launched for two reasons. We see two big problems that we're trying to solve. One is that there's so many great um, social enterprises out there that have amazing ideas, but they don't have the capital to scale. And they have trouble accessing traditional financing. They don't have large reserve funds, they don't own assets, so they're not able to take on debt to grow. And that's a problem. And the other problem we're trying to solve is that, you know, we're seeing huge interest in impact investing. Like the impact investing market is growing exponentially. And we're really seeing this desire from people and foundations and corporations to make really local, like place-based value-aligned investments. We know that desire is there from the work that we have been doing. Um, but interestingly, there aren't that many of those investment opportunities out there. And so what we want to do at Tapestry is solve both those problems at the same time. We want to bring those two worlds together. So let's open up um, more private capital, make more private capital available to social enterprises and at the same time give these impact investors the opportunity to invest in um, projects and organizations that they truly believe in. Mm. So that's really in a nutshell what we're doing and I can dig deeper with you for sure. Um, but we're very active in the space of, in the space of social finance and um, we really in particular believe in the use of a a social finance vehicle called a community bond. Mm. I, I love community bonds. Uh, in in Barry, uh, our uh, our council and and really led by the mayor is looking at the idea of um, of social bonds, community social mm -hmm. bonds, but using it as a proactive way to um, remove traditional barriers and then make services more proactive as well. 
And I think it's such a cool initiative. And I know it's not new in the world. I know it's used a lot in, in, in Europe, I believe, and other, other countries, but it's, it's new to North America. And there's such a big chance to, to be more proactive in community um, uh, you know, challenges and, and, and less reactive. And I, I, uh, I adore that. I adore that you're looking at that, especially with Tapestry too, because it's such a unique lens and it's a lens that we need to use uh, moving forward. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think there's so much potential with community bonds as not only a financial tool to raise capital, mm -hmm. but as a way to like really engage the community in that change. When mm -hmm. you invest in something, when you put your money in something, you really care about it. You're gonna learn about it. You're gonna watch it. You're gonna tell your friends about it. And I think that's so powerful. Hmm. And what's nice too is when you do um, social bonds or community bonds, there's more of a, um, an equity uh, wealth transfer it allows more people to get involved is what I'm trying to say, right? It's not, you know, 1% uh, of people who can now do it. It's a, it's a community initiative and it's, it's a very big flip on, you know, traditional capital raising, right? You now have a yeah, chance to totally. really get involved. Totally. Yeah. Like we're not just targeting high net worth accredited investors. Like these are opportunities that are open to you and me, like the mm -hmm. average retail investor. And, Bonds are meant to be priced so that they're accessible to a really wide audience mm -hmm. because it's not just about the money. It's about engaging your community. Exactly, exactly. And so I think that's a really good transition into the second question. And uh, this is more of an exploratory portion of the podcast. Mm -hmm. So there's no, let's say, preset uh, questions. But let's jump into your own experiences and stories. So I'm, I'm going to ask a couple questions here to really uh, dig deep on social impact. Sure. And uh, the first question is, what was your personal journey in the social enterprise space like? It's hmm. a good question. Um, <laughs> I am a talker, so I could tell you a really long story. That's perfect. <laughs> um, I'll keep it brief. I guess my journey into the social enterprise sector was a long one and I kind of ended up here without really realizing where I was going but when I look back it all makes sense <laughs> so I guess starting my university career like I had no idea what I wanted to do I think I went in with a major in psychology never took a psychology course <laughs> um, and it was just through work experience that I had this radical shift in what I wanted to do so I got my first summer job it was with Nestle Waters Mm. Um, in the bottling factory in Aberfoyle, just outside of Well. And it was at a pretty contentious time because they were renewing their license to be extracting water um, from that particular watershed. And, you know, I went in thinking, okay, this is a great job. I'm working for a big corporation, great experience, making good money mm -hmm. as a first job. And I was crossing a picket line every day of people protesting and saying, you know, this is a public resource. You can't privatize water. Mm. And it was so hard for me because I realized, you know, quite quickly that I actually wanted to be on the other side of that picket line. I wanted to be with those people, those activists, because I truly believe, um, you know, I really did believe that water is for the common good. And I think that's what really started my passion for, um, community ownership, probably. Um, and it led me down an interesting path. I ended up focusing my undergrad thesis on water privatization. And then I went on to do my master's in environmental studies, where I focused 
all of my attention on um, community-owned renewable energy. Mm. And um, that was my first sort of step into the space of community financing as well. Um, I became fascinated by what was happening in Europe and, and what it was exactly that would, had allowed places like Denmark and Germany mm. to you know, have wind power, for example, really take off and be embraced by the people. Whereas here I was seeing signs of like, stop the wind turbines, like it's going to cause sickness. Yeah, ruining our province. <laughs> and, and so I was like fascinated by what the difference was. And I, I really felt that the major, major difference was that in Europe, people were allowed to invest in those projects. And so by investing, they had a sense of ownership and pride. So instead of a wind turbine being something that's scary, owned by a private developer, brought into their space, you know, ruining their landscape, mm. it wasn't that. They were benefiting financially. And suddenly it was seen as a source of income, a source of community pride. And I think that that holds true in you know any sort of large scale project let someone be a part of it and they will embrace it and so that's sort of what's led me into the journey of being in social enterprise i was just so happy and lucky to um join the team that launched tapestry um, so i actually joined the organization that founded tapestry first um which has over 20 years of raising community financing specifically for community-owned renewable energy projects. And with the launch of Tapestry, we sought to take that model of community financing and open it up to a broader array of organizations. And that's been like an amazing journey for me just to be able to work with so many different types of organizations from those in like arts and culture and training and education, um, recreational facilities, affordable housing. I mean, the list goes on. I just think there's so much potential and so much need for what we're doing. Hmm. And maybe this is just a personal question of my own, but what is the difference between uh, equity crowdfunding and then community um, community bonds? What, what's is there a, a big difference between both, or are these two different ways to kind of achieve the same goal? So um, that's a good question. So I guess in crowdfunding, there are different types of crowdfunding. Um, in some cases, you are taking like an ownership stake in the company. Sometimes it's like donations. Mm -hmm. But what you mentioned, equity crowdfunding, is where you're taking a stake in the mm -hmm. in the company. So um, that's a different type of financing. So equity would be like where you're having a share in a company. Community bonds are a debt financing tool. So it means that the organization is not giving away equity. They're not giving away a piece of their organization. They're issuing debt. So they're actually taking a loan from you or I. So say um, you buy a community bond for $1,000. Um, it's going to have a set term and a fixed interest rate. So the term could be five years, let's say, and the interest rate is 5%. So every year you're going to receive your interest payment. And at the end of the five years, you're going to receive your principal back. So you've just given a loan, but you do not actually. So I talk a lot about ownership, mm. feeling ownership. They feel ownership, but they don't actually own mm. part of the organization. So that the ownership stays in the hands of the nonprofit or the charity or cooperative, whoever is issuing the bond. Hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. No, that, that's just an interesting perspective for me. I didn't know that one, but uh, I'm going to throw a little bit of a curveball uh, question here now. Right. <laughs> it doesn't really relate, but it's very broad and it's what else do you do personally and why? 
It's a good one. <laughs> uh, let me think about what I do. Um, well, I am a mom. So I have a three-year-old son, so I spend a lot of time chasing a toddler around, um, which is very fun. And I love being a mom. And I guess in, you know, the spare time that I do have, this will sound cliche because everyone likes to travel, but I really like to travel. Mm -hmm. I do. Um, I like to go to new places and learn about different cultures and meet new people and try new things. And um, I guess I have a real passion for just you know, seeing every corner of the planet. Do you find when you travel, um, and I know this is this is normal, but you get a different perspective from different cultures, right? Do you find when you travel, uh, that perspective helps you at work, helps you building community initiatives and that, and that type? Does that, does that help? Yeah, totally. I think like when you understand, when you can actually understand where people are coming from because you have learned about where they're from, that's like, that's so valuable. Um, like I lived abroad for five years in the Middle East and I learned so much, just, it was such a multicultural place and I, I had friends from all over the world there. And I think I came back feeling like richer. I just mm -hmm. had such a better understanding of our multicultural context in Canada. And um, I think, yeah, definitely, for sure. Hmm. I, I find when I travel to, I, I did a trip to uh, India for a week in 2016. And uh, just even, I know it wasn't very long, but I, I learned so much more in that week than I think I did um, ever. <laughs> it was, so it was true. such, I know, it was such it a is. shift. And I brought that back to my work. And because of that, my work actually got better. And, and there's a there seem there's that big flip where travel can actually do a lot, but but many people don't see that, right? It, it, there's a misconception that travel, you know, um, it's just it, it's for pleasure, right? But when you travel, not just necessarily for business, but you take in culture, it actually comes back and benefits you in in many many different ways. It's so true, and I think like we're so quick to take so many things for granted here mm -hmm. in this wonderful country that we live in, but leaving. Canada and like going outside your comfort zone to understand how other people live um, yeah I mean it's important to put yourself in other people's shoes and see what life is like for other people yeah 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 and here's another question for you too then what compels you to be a part of uh, let's say the social ecosphere and I know you've explained you know the beginnings and how you got to where you are with tapestry capital but did something happen in your own life or the lives of others that you know of that brought you to this place I can't say exactly what it is um, just that on a very personal level like I only feel fulfilled when I feel that I'm doing something good Mm. Um, it's not like about making money for me. That's not what drives me. I, we spend a lot of time at work, like many hours, you know, I spend more time at work than I do with my family. And <laughs> I, to me, honestly, if I'm going to be doing something, um, it has to be meaningful. It has to be having an impact. And that's just how I want to spend my life. Hmm. I, I'm finding impact is is becoming more. It's a buzzword for sure, yeah, but it's becoming that. more of a, yeah. It's becoming more of an intentional uh, intentionality behind it, right? When you're in business, when you're doing anything, there's there's now this this community lens where if what I, what I'm doing is it impactful, 
right? Mm -hmm. And I like that flip because I now see people intentionally thinking about creating an impact in the community. Yes. And that's why I love this idea of community bonds. I love the idea you, uh, you know, of equity crowdfunding because it is communities coming together to build this impact. Yeah, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. It's so powerful. And this is this question's about tapestry. So I'm just gonna uh, ask a little bit about your uh, your understanding of it. But what are your deep rooted reasons for giving uh, your energy? And I know you explain. You know, you spend more time at work than you do with, with family. I do as well, and it, it's 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 great when it feels great. But yeah. why to tapestry capital? And what are those deep rooted reasons? Okay, that's a good one. Um, I often tell people I'm like I drank the Kool Aid. I oh yeah, I didn't know what we are doing. <laughs> um, no, like I really believe in, I really believe in our mission. I do. Like I think we're doing something so important. We're changing the way that, you know, organizations will be able to finance themselves um, to be able to grow and really have the impact that they want in the world. And we're also giving the opportunity to like the average Canadian to invest their money in, in a way that they like truly believe in that like feels really good to them. Hmm. And I just, community bonds are, I, you know, I didn't know a ton about social finance before um, starting this work. And I've just been so moved by, by the power, like I said before, like it's so much more than about money. Hmm. Like I see the community investors that we manage. So we currently manage like just under 4,000 community investors. And when we meet them at events like of the issuer, they're, they're so proud. Like we'll be standing in a building like at the Center for Social Innovation, for example, mm -hmm. which is a project that we worked on. And investors will come in and they'll be like, I made this happen. Mm -hmm. And I think I, to me, that's really amazing. And I think the other thing that's, really really cool is like it allows organizations to access capital in a way that aligns with what they believe in mm. right so like why go to a bank and you you have to get financing anyways in some way why go to a bank and pay interest to a bank it's just like a big corporation they don't really care about your mission you know they don't value the social or environmental impact you're creating why not let your community of supporters who actually believe in you, who are rallying behind you to benefit financially, hmm. right? Like what, why don't we let them keep that money? Like let's keep wealth in communities, let them benefit, feel good about investing in something they believe in. I mean, I could go on and on. I just, <laughs> <laughs> I just think the potential is huge, but the, there's a big challenge, which is that, this model is just not well known. Hmm. And, you know, it's a steep learning curve, right? So when we approach organizations, this is the first time they've heard about community financing for most of them. They've never heard about community bonds. So not only are you like first starting to explain about this tool and how it works and the process, but then you're also asking them to rethink like some deep seated cultures within mm. specifically within like the nonprofit and charity sector of like this I, I think like an aversion to taking on too much risk or debt and I think that will change but it's it will be like a big cultural shift and it will take time hmm. 
I, I mean, I've seen that myself as well. I, I attended the social finance forum at Mars Discovery District, uh, I think two years ago, and I saw it slowly developing, but even that group was, it, it seems like the champion group, right? It's it's that beginning group where they say, you know, this is, this is a, a way of investing in the future, but uh, it's slowly developing and I think Canada is very, very far from that. I think that Canada are the leaders right now in it. I, yeah. I mean, I've seen other countries doing similar things, but it seems like we have a great opportunity to really own this. Mm -hmm. And, um, but I, I couldn't agree more that I think it's very, very preliminary. I think, yeah. I think the model is so new and the model is very innovative and anything innovative disrupts and it takes time. It does. <laughs> it's never immediate. <laughs> yeah, it does. And I don't know if you heard about the announcement from the federal government, but there are plans for a very large social finance fund so it's going to be 755 million dollars um allocated in next year's budget and another i think 50 million that's going to an investment readiness fund so to get these social enterprises to the point where they are ready to be invested in mm -hmm. no i i did see that and uh I, the college that i work for as well they they uh um, we're referenced in it as well in this this beautiful um, you know uh, innovative institution and it's it's I just love that on the federal level it's becoming uh, a part of Canada's culture too like it's yeah. it, when it gets to that level there is it, it's a little bit of top down but there it becomes more known so I can only imagine in the next you know three to five years how different that will be and how more accepted the model will be I hope so I really hope so I think there's a ton of potential mm-hmm mm -hmm. so why do you feel tapestry is a valuable, uh, let's say, vehicle for achieving that outcome of, of you know, making this more well-known or just the idea of community, you know, um, capital raising? Why tapestry? Well, we're the only people doing what we're doing. So. Okay. <laughs> that's, good. that's a good reason. That's fun. I mean, honestly, we're, we're a market maker. Um, there are organizations like tapestry in other places of the world. Like in the UK, this model is better understood and more widely used, um, even in the States. But in Canada, we don't know of any other organizations doing what we're doing. So that's interesting. The other thing is that we've done this before. So I said we're a new organization, but we're founded by another organization that has 20 years of experience doing this. So we've actually done, you know, many campaigns and we've raised, helped to raise and manage $61 million in impact investment. Wow. So we do have a lot of knowledge to share. Like we have the resources, the tools, the templates. We have simplified the process. So, you know, an organization, here's a story of how, you know, the Mount Community Center in Peterborough raised community bonds and they're inspired by it. And they think, oh, maybe our board and our team could do this. Hmm. Well. It could be a little scary, you know, like not having anyone there to walk you through the process, to hold your hand, to say, you know, don't worry, you're going to be able to raise the capital that you need. Um, and so I think that's what we have to offer, just a ton of experience in, in doing this. Um, we have an amazing team and we all really believe in what we're doing. Um, and yeah, I think... I just, again, will like reiterate that I think community bonds are an amazing vehicle, not only to unlock private capital, mm. but to engage communities in big change, mm. iconic projects like come to life. Do you see tapestry working a lot with, with local governments or even, you know, national, um, uh, you know, federal and provincial level, but do you see tapestry being kind of that, that, 
um, vehicle for that change as well, because government is, uh, you know, especially Barry is adapting a lot of these, you know, community bonds. Do you see that happening? Yeah, for sure. So <laughs> we um, recently worked on creating our own theory of change. Mm -hmm. And within that, we have sort of three main pillars um, that we're working on to achieve like our intended impact. Mm -hmm. And so we have our platform, which helps us to manage our current investors and their investments. Mm -hmm. We have our process, which actually gets organizations to the point of raising the capital that they need and policy is the third P. So um, we see a, a huge need to engage government, um, not only in becoming like key stakeholders in these projects, um, I think there are numerous ways that they could become involved. Um, I think uh, like local governments providing loan guarantees, mm -hmm. one way that could really get this ball rolling. Um, mm -hmm would really really help organizations it's been done in the past and done with organizations that we've engaged with so that's one way for sure um on the provincial and federal level yes there are things that we want to advocate for um we think there are things that the government could do to make community bonds a more attractive and advantageous investment opportunity um some issues around RSP eligibility. Um, if it were easier, we have had some success in the past of having bonds held in registered um, savings plans. But if we could have that be an easier process, it would become a much more attractive investment opportunity to a lot of people because instead of asking them to suddenly take money out of their pockets, mm -hmm. they can just transfer um, from one account to another money that they're not touching anyways. So those are definitely, we are working to engage government and just um, to raise awareness that this model exists. We want hmm. government to know. Yeah, yeah. I, I've seen some some work being done on um, with RSPs before and using that as, you know, a, a vehicle for transferring that wealth. And it's, it's funny too, because a lot of people have RSPs, right? This is, this is capital that they can use and the interest rate that they make on, um, you know, community bonds is much higher. <laughs> so it's actually, it's just, it's, it's, you know, a return for them while benefiting a good initiative while making more than they traditionally would in an RSP. Uh, exactly. it, like it's a phenomenal um, shift. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so like we have had some success with, you know, a number of brokerages. We have about nine brokerages that we've worked with, but we would like to see this be an easier process, you know? Um, so that's definitely, it's one thing that we're working on. Mm. And I, I'm curious as well about, um, I know you've only been with Tapestry for a year now, right? A year and a half, yeah. Oh, a year and a half. So what, what outcomes have you achieved in your time at Tapestry? And, and more specifically, which one are you the most proud of? And there are a lot of things um, that I'm that I'm proud of. I mean, we launched Tapestry, so that was a really that's, big one. Yeah, that's a good thing. <laughs> we got it out to the public, and you know, we've engaged hundreds of stakeholders. You know, we've held um, six large events. We've engaged with like over 600 organizations and educated them about this model. So I think that's huge. And now we're actually working with organizations to to do this, like to raise capital from their communities. So we're working with a nonprofit recreational facility in Toronto 
we're working with a youth hostel based out of Montreal. Hmm. Um, we recently just engaged with a um, training and art artist studio. And so, I mean, we're working in all sorts of different areas. And I think the fact that I, f I feel like we've gained momentum and that people are actually beginning to understand the potential is hmm. I, something to be proud of for sure. Mm -hmm. And it, it's something to be proud of, but it's also something that's such a disruptor, like a positive disruptor, that um, I think it's incredible that you're the beginning parts of that, right? You're a champion in this 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 complete flip on traditional financing. And I, 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 this is me personally, but I'm so happy <laughs> that we're doing it in Canada because there's such an opportunity to really do, you know, a wealth transfer and there's a huge equity lens to it. There is, and it, it allows, you know, if you have, I, I don't know if it's divisible amounts, but if you have a hundred dollars, right, you can be, you know, a local uh, mom who just wants to invest a hundred dollars. And if there's a chance for a return, why not? Right. There's no, there's no longer just, you know, I need to be an accredited investor. I need to have a million dollars in, 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 you know, capital or 260,000 or whatever it is. Exactly. Anyone no, can do it. The majority of the investors that we currently manage, they're have lots of young people, like lots and lots of young people that don't have a ton of cash lying around, mm -hmm. but they still, they want to start investing their money and they mm -hmm. want to do it in a way that feels good, like that they, you know, they don't mm -hmm. want to invest their money in just like an ESG fund, right? You could say, okay, like I want to make a sustainable investment and most financial advisors would put your money into an ESG fund, but you don't know exactly where it's going, right? It could still be going to oil companies, for example. Mm -hmm. um, but like investing in community bonds, you know exactly where your money is going. You know which organization, you know what the project's gonna look like, you know how you're gonna be repaid. And at the end of the day, you can say that you were part of that change. Yeah, and and I find that last piece, it's it's so real because it's not no not necessarily ownership. Um, and, and I'm I do impact investing myself and, and I, I found that it's yeah, it's not ownership, it's the sense that you're a part of something larger and a part of community. Right. It's not, I, I don't, we don't go out and say, um, you know, this is my doing you, what you say is I was a piece of making this exactly. something true. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. I, I just, I love that too, because it's, it's, it's always a community lens. It always is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. So let's jump into, uh, the last question we have and it's, it's, uh, less specific about uh, about you personally, but more your advice. And, and I'm tapping into hopefully uh, the, the knowledge that you've you've had, you know, over the time of being a part of this social ecosphere. Uh, and the question is, what is your advice for people who are in similar situations to begin playing a role and start taking their first step into the realm of social impact? It's a good one. Um, I think my advice would be. Number one, like get outside, just get out and start talking to people. And physically outside, right? Yeah, like get, <laughs> like out, actually go, get out of your office, like just go out and meet people. I know it's hard sometimes, like if you're an introvert or um, you don't feel like super comfortable, but I can say that this space is a lovely one to be in and it just attracts wonderful people. And um, at least in my experience, um, so many people have been just so willing to give me their time and share their stories with me. And um, 
I would say adding to that, it's kind of one and the same, but um, inspire yourself. Mm. Like listen to the stories that will inspire you to do great work. Um, and part of that is meeting people who have been those community champions. Um, and I, the other piece of advice, I guess, would be like, if you don't know how to get into this space, just like push your way in, yeah. like volunteer. Um, I don't know, get involved, like see if you can be part of an advisory committee or um, just, you know, spend a couple hours a week. Like organizations are always looking for additional resources, additional help. So um, I would just say weasel your way in. <laughs> 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 that I love that last one because that's it's really true and it's something that I, that that I kind of did as well as you just find where you fit right yeah. and I was drawn to that that you know need to build community but also the people too mm -hmm. the people are incredible in the social impact space or even just this this space of impact in general they're they're always willing to help they're yeah. always willing to set aside time to help you if you need it mm -hmm. uh, and they're just so motivating. Like the space is so motivating and it's kind of, uh, uh, it's exhilarating, but kind of addicting to Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I just love that. So those are, those are incredible tips and I, the last one for sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. So that was the last official question, but I'd like to just, you know, end with saying, uh, you know, Stephanie, thank you for, for taking time out of your day again, uh, to be the first official guest on the Sandbox Social Impactors podcast. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure to join and I feel honored to be the first. So for anyone who wants to get in contact or meet with Stephanie, check out tapestrycapital.ca. And I, I, that was the right link, correct? Yeah, that's right. Perfect. Okay, so tapestrycapital.ca and attend the Tuesday, December 11th, Making Positive Impact through business event from 8 to 11 a.m. at Five Points Theatre in Barrie, Ontario. Come meet Stephanie and join the conversation at Sandbox Center.